Hello and welcome to Concert Pipeline. That's Jen Schiphol. And that is Steve Jones. And I got a snack box delivered to me and I didn't know who it was from. It didn't make any sense. It was in the mail today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I figured snack box. That sounds delicious. So we opened it. Yes. Um, and then, I, I mean, we, we were talking when we were eating earlier and uh, and realized it was probably from work. Yeah. Didn't re- but it ha- had no, ter- you know, notification of that or anything. So. There was nothing printed on the return label. There was no little card that said, hey, you deserve a snack box. I know, right? It's like a mysterious gift. So you're kind of wondering if the yeah. stuff is... You know, poisoned. Oh, oh no, I'd eat it. <laughs> razor blades in it or something like Did somebody send this to you that hates you? I got a sweet tooth, so I'll edit it. You know, I'm not I'm not scared, even if it's, you know, poisoned. Uh, even well, if it says poisoned. I've got to say, it's delicious. Uh, and uh, I don't feel sick at all yet. Okay. We're in the clear then. I, I think, think it's going to be a positive experience. I think so. So, Jens, um, we have... Uh, a band on the sh- uh, show today. As, we do. As we Imagine that. Right. As we do uh, most episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not concert pipeline without a band. Um, and uh, and the band that we have on the show uh, is, uh, is a band called White Reaper. Uh, they are touring in support of their most recent album, but the best American band. And they played at um, uh, the, the uh, they played in Napa. Uh, what used to be City Winery and is uh, now um, what another venue. It, it Jam Cellar Ballroom. It was yeah. repurposed. Yeah, exactly. So it, now it's a jam and jam and hall. Yeah. So um, so we have White Reaper on the program. We'll get to talk to them in a little bit. Uh, before we do, Jens, how can people get a hold of us? Ah, uh, you know, I didn't prepare for this, uh, but let me see how much I can remember. Uh, social media, for those of you that have been there before, we are available in that space. Um, Facebook, of course, Concert Pipeline Pod. You can check us out at YouTube. You can check us out on Twitter. You can check out us out on um um, Instagram, Concert Pipeline. There you go. That's where you would find us. Every now and then, if you are lucky, you will see us broadcasting live via Periscope. If you're lucky. If and you're lucky. And there's a good show recovering. And the moon is like right. blue. Exactly. Yes. Um, Jens, uh, so before we get into uh, our guest, uh, for you have a story. You wanted to share because you took one of your many vacations this past weekend and uh, and had a trip, didn't you? Oh, I know. Yes, I um, I did have a, an excursion um, that involved uh, a little bit of a road trip with a destination in mind, an overnight thing. Okay, which makes it a vacation because you're you know gone it, for yeah. a day. I think <laughs> I'm not quite sure what a vacation, but like how long you have to be gone for it to be considered a a vacation. It might be a distance. Maybe it's a distance. You have to travel at least a hundred miles. And there has to be at least 24 hours that transpire. Yeah. 24. Something like this. Okay. Okay. 23. It's not a vacation. It's not a vacation. Okay. So in this case it was a vacation, but it was a one night vacation. Okay. So, um, it was my wife's birthday and, uh, we had decided that it would be a lot of fun just to, you know, find a place, uh, that we could go to for a night, um, that had, you know, a hot tub. So we were like focused on the hot tub experience. So for whatever reason, you know, I guess we had to drive a long way to find a hot tub, (laughs) but, uh, we found one, uh, at a bed and breakfast in the beautiful Sierra Nevadas, um, However, uh, once we arrived at our destination, Mm -hmm. uh, we realized that the hot tub was uh, not in use. I mean, it was out of it was out of commission. It was out of service. Yeah, it was a cold tub. It was a cold tub. It was a no tub, and uh, we were so. Bummed. But you paid. You paid for a room with a hot tub, though. Yeah, we paid for a room. 
we paid for a room, but we wanted, um, they schedule you for times when you can use the hot tub. So you can, you know, have it to yourself. Mm-hmm. And then if somebody else wants to use it, then they have their reserve time. Wait, someone's going to come into your room and use your hot tub? No, the hot tub's outside. It's like a community <laughs> hot tub. <laughs> but don't you can like schedule it for me. yourself. <laughs> it's my 1130. <laughs> come like, on, oh, Betsy. Yeah. Welcome in. Don't mind us. We're just in bed. Just go to the bathroom. <laughs> There's a nice big hot tub there next to the shower. <laughs> I was like, it felt like a detail was missing there, Jens. <laughs> <laughs> okay, rewind. So anyway, we get to this place and um, and the hot tub. There was something wrong with the water or the heat or I don't know what the deal was. But there was a tub and there was water. It just, yeah, it w- wasn't going to be an enjoyable experience. Right. <laughs> so uh, what they did, uh, since they knew we were so excited about, you know, wanting to go to the tub and that's why we picked their, you know, place to stay at, uh, they upgraded our room. So we got this really nice, big, huge room that overlooked this valley, and it was, like, really pretty. Um, but still in a hot tub. But they had a huge jacuzzi still tub okay. in the bathroom. And okay. the bathroom yeah. is, like, the size of this living room. It's insane. Okay. It's, like, it was really big, I don't know, 400, squit, 400 square feet. Yeah. <laughs> Am I saying that right? 400 square feet yes. of bathroom. Uh, and a, a nice big corner of that was this huge uh, jacuzzi tub. So we made the best of hanging out in the jacuzzi tub. And it was warm and it had jets. And it had bubbles. And, and um, there's a picture. Yes, there's a picture. There's an incriminating picture of me somewhere. Um, it, it could be on Concert Pipeline's it could be Facebook on, page. But yeah. So if you, to get a visual, I guess. I'll tell, I'll, I'll share with you what I told my wife to do. So, um, well, number one, if we take a step back real quick, she was bummed that, uh, there wasn't any bubble bath anywhere. I mean, she saw like the free lotions that you get, Yeah. you know, like the, like the, yeah. uh, conditioner, the shampoo, the lotion, you know, you get those three little things. Uh, but there was no bubble bath and she's like, Oh my God, we don't have any bubble bath. We can't make any bubbles. Go down to the Walgreens, get some Mr. Bubbles. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, bubble bath is just shampoo. Just take some of the shampoo and put some drops in it. And I think she dumped the entire thing Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. shampoo. Well, it is like an ounce. But yeah. yeah. Well, th- yeah, this was, I mean, I'm yeah. concentrated or something. I don't know. We had so many bubbles, Steve. Yeah. It was insane. I mean, we probably had a foot of bubbles that went above <laughs> the edge of the tub. Okay. And, the, and the bubbles were so... You know, um, bubbly, bubbly. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't. They weren't. They weren't soft bubbles. Like they wouldn't. The bubbles weren't flowing over the sides of the tub like water would if you if you right. flooded it. Right. Okay. The whole thing was just. It just went up straight. You know, as the water started filling the tub. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> so you know, uh, I jumped in, and I'm like, "What am I going to do with all these?" bubbles and i tell her you know what you know what marge simpson looks like like her hair yes just like blue locks of joy yes just like take take all these bubbles and make give me like marge simpson hair like a cone head Uh give me like a cone head full of suds so yeah she I told her, take a picture. Yes. No, wait a minute. I would never say that. No. She said, uh, I'm going to take a picture. And I said, oh, that's cool. And in the back of my mind, I, I said, okay, quality control. Make sure this never goes onto social media. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I told her that too, but you know, I didn't really trust her. So anyway, well, I don't know what I was doing, but somehow a period of two or three hours went by where this thing was online and I'm like, uh, you just put a picture of me in the bathtub with <laughs> yep. Mark Simpson bubbles on my head. <laughs> yep. It was incriminating to say the least. Uh-huh. It was incriminating to say the least. Anyway, um, that is my weekend story. So, the, so I guess, I mean, it was a great experience. You got a bubble for, bath. I got a bubble bath. Yes. Um, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, incriminating photo, kind of a bummer, but that's, you know, can live with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there was a tub, there was hot water. Yep. The dream was realized. The weekend was a success. That is a that is the story right there. We nice. like a successful weekend. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. 
Well, good times. Well, we're going to successfully uh, hop into our, our guest here. Uh, and again, this is White Reaper. I got a chance to uh, to talk to uh, Sam, uh, the basis for White Reaper, uh, at, uh, like, uh, before their show at Jam Cellar Ballrooms in here in Napa. And, uh, and so we're going to get into that interview um, and hear some White Reaper. We're going to start it out with a song from White Reaper and then uh, hop on into the interview. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic. Here it is. This is Sam Wilkerson from White Reaper, and you're listening to Concert Pipeline. Hey, Sam, how's it going? Hey, good. How are you, Steve? Hey, doing good, doing good. Uh, so you're in, yeah. Nap- you're in Napa right now, right? Yeah, man, just here at, uh, I think, I forgot what this venue's called, Blue Note Ballroom, yeah. something like that. Yeah, it's Jam Sellers Ballroom. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, Jam Sellers. It's gone through a couple of stages, so I actually haven't seen it in its current, uh, uh, you know, how it's set up now. So it'll be interesting to see it again because it's uh, it used to be City Winery, um, and then before that it was the old uh, uh, Opera House in Napa, and so it's gone through a lot of different stages now. But 
Huh. Oh, so what you're telling me is it's really old. <laughs> it's, it's really old. It's been around for a minute. So, <laughs> but they, they That's awesome, man. yeah, when they made it into city winery, they totally gutted it. And uh, and uh, again, I don't know how it's set up now, but they had the ro- like rows of seats uh, that uh, like go like. You're lo- if you're on stage, you're looking back, and the and the rows are like long ways. It's it's really kind of it was really kind of awkward. Is it still kind of like that? Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty it's kind of smaller than I expected, but yeah, I can totally see what you're saying. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys already sound check? No, man. We're uh, sound checking around. I think six o'clock. So we've pretty much been here uh, at the venue all day, just trying to make sure our gear hasn't like frozen solid in montana uh we were stuck there for like a few days right uh, right i saw that picture of your van in the in the snow and you guys had to miss a couple of shows yeah. T- tell me about that yeah it's pretty pretty gnarly we just like uh took the wrong a really stupid route without without even thinking about snow or, or anything like that and we totally fucked up and ended up getting stuck in columbus montana for like two days like a zero degree weather <laughs> so what do you like Outside in Napa. What do you do in Columbus, Montana, when you're in zero degree weather? What what, what was that like? There's a a cafe called Bear Claw Cafe that we would do every day. We bought we, there's a Family Dollar. We bought some like whoopee cushions and like Nerf guns. <laughs> we just fucking like stranded in the hotel room and we just watched TV. It was pretty nice, like a little vacation. It was good. Yeah, yeah, not as fun as being on stage playing, you know, playing shows, though, right? Oh no, of course not. Yeah, I'm super bummed that we had to cancel a few shows, but we're back on track. Yeah, so so tell me what it's like uh, playing in a band with your your twin brother. Uh, tell me about that. Man, it's it's really easy because nothing is really taken personally, and we can just talk openly. And the rest of the dudes too. They I've known them for my whole life, so we we, we all like grew up together, went to the same school. And, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm always with my twin brother anyway, so it's pretty much the same. But, uh, yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, you ever, you ever have any brotherly rivals, though? I mean, do things get a little too tense in the van sometimes? <laughs> I mean, it gets, yeah, just, just as much as with any other member. Like, we're pretty easygoing. <laughs> just, like, twin shit, you know, just, just brother stuff. I don't know. We're all brothers. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Do you guys ever like, I mean, have, have any, tell me about the twin shit. Like, do you guys ever have any of those twin moments? My, my best friend is actually a twin. So <laughs> yeah. So, so and, and we just say the same thing. We say the same things like at the same time all the time. And, uh, people always mix us up. That's obviously the big, one of the biggest factors of being a twin. Uh, yeah, just the, the things that you would think are like obvious things are pretty much the only things that really are weird. You know, like when people call me Nick, it's kind of weird. Right. But so, so when did you kind of decide? You know, hey, I'm going to pick up the bass and I'm going to play bass. And he, you know, he played drums. Was that something you kind of it came naturally, or uh, how did that come about? Well, man, uh, it was just Nick uh, and Tony who wrote a lot of the original songs, and they just would tour. They did a few tours that were pretty short, where it was just them two, and. I saw them live a few times and I thought it was really sick, but then I was like, you guys need a bass player. And they said no a million times. So I basically just begged them for me to play bass. And, and, uh, eventually they were like, yeah, we probably need a fucking bass player. <laughs> you wore them out, huh? So I just like, yeah, I mean, I, I took guitar lessons when I was like 13. So that came first, but it's just the same instrument. Basically the bass is honestly easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it wasn't like, I was dying to play bass. I was just like, yeah, you guys need a bass player. You're dead. Yeah. Did, uh, did it come pretty naturally for you to, uh, to play bass or, uh, did you do, you do lessons for a long time? Uh, it, yeah, it came pretty naturally. I never, I never like stood up all night to practice. It's just easy. It's just like the guitar, you know, yeah. same, basically all the same shit. Yeah. So so let's talk about the the album that you guys put out in 2015 first. Uh, White Reaper does it again. So that album was a different approach to uh, uh, you guys took a different approach than um, your your newest album, which we'll get into in a minute. But you had a lot of demos kind of going into that album. Tell tell me about uh, the uh, the atmosphere and how you guys prepared for that. The first one, we yeah we had a bunch of demos. We had a, a, more than half of the record written out. We just 
had a longtime friend named Kevin Ryderman who lived uh, pretty close to us in Louisville, and he recorded a lot of the My Morning Jacket records and all kinds of really cool stuff that we like a lot. And we uh, we just went in with him. We had like a week or something like that booked. And for like the first few days, we, we recorded everything way too fast because we were just nervous as fuck. We were like 19 or 20, and we were just really nervous. And we had to go back and, and even like re-record some of the songs because of how fast we did them at first. But uh, yeah, it was pretty. That one was like you know pretty traditional uh, studio session where we have everything like mapped out. We tried to expedite everything. Some of the songs we wrote in the studio, but otherwise it was pretty pretty normal. Yeah, in, in World's Best American Band, which is your newest album, came out last year. You worked with Kevin again, but you had actually more time to uh, to work on that album. You worked on it over a month, right? And and so tell me about how, right. how you guys changed. I mean, obviously, a lot of it was done in, in the studio. How did you guys go into uh, into that? What was your approach there? Basically, Tony had a few voice memos recorded on his iPhone. He had just, like, ideas, and uh, we went in. It was kind of the situation where we're like, oh, shit, we have to, like, record another record, like, now, basically. And we're like, oh, we don't have anything. And then we, uh, yeah, Tony had some ideas. We got together, and uh, we basically just hashed it out right there and then. And uh, it took, it took like, at least triple the amount of time as the first one. So, yeah, we wrote all that shit in the studio. Um, definitely each had more of a hand in making the record. So it was more fun to make. It was also a little more stressful. Yeah, and and you kind of change your approach a little bit. I mean, I guess you some of the feel for some of the songs so that you'd have a different uh, type of live show. Is that right? Yeah, totally. Like, the, the new songs definitely make the, the live show a little less of looks like a, you know, punk show. It kind of diversifies the crowd and makes things honestly more interesting and more fun for us because it's not just the same thing over and over again you know yeah for sure so um so you made a music video for judy french um and uh, i watched the behind the scenes for that that you guys did with uh pbr so it sounded like you were pretty well supplied during that uh uh that video tell me me about the video and, and that yeah man um so our buddy brandon who lives in la he's like Hey guys, I really want to do a video for you guys. Like, I keep listening to the song Judy French, and I have an idea for it. And I just want to get like a girl to sing your songs while playing, like, playing all your instruments. And uh, he ended up contacting Alexandra Daddario's agency, or contacting her personally. I don't remember, but she uh, listened to the song and she really dug it. So she went in with us, and it just took a day, really. Like, um. I think that we, yeah, we got some money from PBR to do the video to like, you know, they interviewed us about it. It was pretty sick, man. It was like a fun little, fun little day where we drank some beers and just played guitar in front of a camera. It's pretty, pretty easy on our part. I think Alexandra had the hardest, had the hardest job. Right, right. Yeah, she acting like us idiots. <laughs> she had to duplicate everything you guys are doing and. Uh, and you guys were supplied, yeah. you know, with uh, with some drinks during it, so that's that's not a bad day, right? What's that? I said you guys were uh, were supplied with some drinks during it, so that's not a bad day, huh? Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, why yeah. not? <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so tell me about. Uh, Life on the road and kind of, uh, I, I know at least a couple of years ago when you were kind of supporting the, the first album, um, there was a lot of fast food eating. I know, uh, you guys are big fans of McDonald's and, uh, but you guys are kind of, you guys are trying to veer off of that a little bit, right? Man, for the, like the first few tours, I, I think that we just like, yeah, we didn't make any fucking money at all. And we ended up just eating at McDonald's every day, basically or like Wendy's. And uh, I, w- I would always try to go to Whole Foods, and everybody would just, like, everybody else in the band would make fun of me for wanting to do that. And now the tables have have definitely turned. Now everybody likes going to fucking Whole Foods, and there's no bad blood about that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, like, a weird thing, like... I guess we all eat salads now when you like grew up or something. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, we might actually kind of have to protect these bodies of ours a little bit, huh? <laughs> 
Yeah, after a while, you're like, wow, I feel like shit. Why do I feel like shit every day? Oh, yeah, but eat fucking quarter pounder every goddamn meal. And when you were sponsored by Taco Bell, I mean, you you have uh, $500, you know, a $500 gift card for Taco Bell pretty much to, like, eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, we had that, too. That, that, like, that probably took three years off of my life. (laughs) We just ate Taco Bell for, like, weeks. It was awful. But Taco Bell, I mean, not the worst option, you know? It could be worse, I guess, right? So. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, so I... I read about this, and I just I need you to tell me what what happened here because I've never heard anything like it. But you guys lit a porta potty on fire once. Yeah, I was uh, uh that was Tony. He, we were in Louisville, and uh, we were at a friend's house, and I think it was a party, and there was a porta potty outside, and someone poured some like very high proof alcohol on it and lit it on fire, and I think it was Tony, and uh, I didn't see it. No, I actually did. I saw the end. I saw the, uh, I saw it right before we left, and it was really on fire. And the, we, I think the fire department did come like shortly before we left, so it was kind of bad. But no, nobody was hurt in the destruction of that porta potty, right? So you're, so it's all good. No, it was like in an alley. It was honestly hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about yeah, the spoon tour. Good. Yeah, tell me about the spoon tour that you guys are on. I know you did a leg on the East Coast last month, and now you're kind of picking up here on the the West Coast for uh, a little bit. How did that come about? Yeah, man. Um, basically, I think Spoon liked our band, or they just hit our agent up, and uh, we were offered the tour, and we said yes, and we really got along with them. And uh, yeah, they just keep asking us to tour them, and we keep saying yes because they're they're really awesome dudes. Yeah, they have a lot of patience to be touring with us because <laughs> we're kind of ridiculous sometimes, <laughs> but we love we love each other for sure. Yeah, you get in, into any craziness with them, you know, on the on the road also. Oh man, like sometimes after shows we'll go out and just like you know have have like a shit ton of fun with them. So it's, it's it, that's as, as crazy as it gets. Just like constant fun. Yeah. So, um, so another thing uh, I read that you guys have done, and I don't know if you guys are still doing it. This might be a little bit old, but you like to make up fl- uh, fake Blink One Eighty Two songs when you're when you're on the road. <laughs> Did you say fake Blink One Eighty Two songs? Yeah, yeah, I, I read that. Is there any truth to that, or is that just weird? Uh, we totally listen to we listen to Blink One Eighty Two, and, and uh, among other you know pop hits, pop punk hits. And we'll change the lyrics up because it's it's fun. <laughs> Just like I don't know, being in the van, man, it's really it makes the the stupidest things really fun. You got to keep yourself entertained, right? There's a, you're a lot of time on the Absolutely. road. <laughs> yeah, we also do dirty Mad Libs, which is always fun. Yeah. And. And what yeah. are are there shows that you're binge watching right now? You guys all get into certain shows, or uh, or what? Uh, what do you like to watch? Uh, yeah, I think I think we can all agree that we've been listening to a lot of Curb Your or uh, watching a lot of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And uh, yeah, I don't really like I don't watch a lot of shows. I just watch Larry David and like Seinfeld, and been uh, listening to a lot of podcasts in the band. That's been the, the main mode of entertainment is just listening to, like, podcasts about murders and stuff like that. Oh, those are fun, like serial, that sort of thing. Yeah, there's there's a, a new podcast called, I think it's called Atlanta Monster, and it's really sick. It's, like, it's about these, like, child murders in the, in the early 80s in Atlanta. It's really sick. Sounds cool. I'll have to check it out. I, I'm I'm totally into those sort of things. Yeah, it's too, like so. it's like it sounds weird. It sounds like you know why would I listen to that? But it's like really gripping. It's it's pretty cool. I'll ch- I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, so when uh, yeah, yeah. So when was the last time you were in the Bay? And ha- have you ever been to Napa before? Well, we've never been to Napa before. We we were in the Bay. Gosh, I don't remember the last time. We're not really out here enough. Uh, I think. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. It must have been at least half a year ago. Yeah, it's been. But uh, yeah, we we need to come out here more. It's been a while. But uh, do you have any plans for? Uh, I know you didn't. Uh, you pretty much hung around the the venue today. Do you have any plans for uh, uh, the rest of your time in the Bay between today and tomorrow, f- for the show in San Francisco? 
just have fun and chill and then go back to I don't know where we're sleeping, but probably gonna go there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And tomorrow, I don't know, man. Oh, yeah, tomorrow we're seeing Marilyn Manson. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, that's right. He's playing, right? Uh, at the Fox, right? Yeah. I, for some reason, that was the last thing I thought of when you asked me this question. Right. That's That, that should be cool. I hope you have uh, fun at that. He, he puts on a, an interesting show. Yeah. So, yeah, I think our plan is to go to a store and buy a bunch of, like, we're going to try to put on a bunch of goth shit so we fit in with the crowd. Right, that that'll be good. Uh, so, uh, so what do you got planned after after this tour? Because the tours, uh, you got a couple of dates left on the tour. What what's happening with the band after that? So yeah, we're doing the remaining three dates, and then we're gonna go back home, and we're gonna write a new record. And uh, yeah, we should have some pretty cool news coming up within the next few months, and hopefully a song out within the next few months as well. But. Uh, yeah, man. Awesome. So, yeah, so this new record, uh, they are you're going to write it in advance, or are you going to actually go back in the studio and and and, uh, and bust it out? This next one, we're definitely going to try to be more prepared. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to definitely write, and, yeah, have some demos. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Sam, thanks for uh, taking the time today. I'll, I'll be at the show tonight, so uh, uh, see you there, okay? Dude, awesome. Yeah, good talking to you. I'll see you soon. That was the interview with Sam from White Reaper um, here on Concert Pipeline, and uh, uh, and I said, like I said, that was at the uh, Jam Sellers Ballroom in Napa. It's a, a venue. We t- we actually talked about it in the interview because the band was uh, at the venue when um, when we chatted with them, and um, and so went and covered the the concert from the uh, and their performance from the set. Um, seeing the Jam Sellers Ballroom was. Uh, they well, I guess they didn't change a ton from back when it was in City Winery. We covered a bunch of shows at the City Winery there, uh, but uh, but they took all of the rows of seats out uh, from the from the floor, and uh, and so it's an open area now, which is much better than than it was before because they were like um, um, there were rows from going from like the stage to the back of the venue, which is an awkward direction for they're like stationary, they're like. They're, yeah, like like rows of seats here, you know. Um, here's here's like in a movie theater, you can't move them; they're there. Yeah, uh, well, they're, they're tables and then chairs. It's like a big long row, though. Oh, yeah. So okay. so you're sitting next to people you don't know, mm. uh, you know, at the table and everything. It's just an, and you're looking to the side, you know, because the tables are this way. You're looking to the side to the, to look at the stage. We were at a venue like that once. We're, was it Slims? Us? Does Slims no. have some of that stuff? No. I don't know. You just you keep working on that. Maybe I imagined it. It could have been. So, um, so it was interesting to see it. I liked it uh, as an open venue more, and uh, good set. And so now, Jens, um, it's time for a very important segment on the podcast. Absolutely. What is that segment? It's a segment that we end with music news. All right, we each have a couple of stories here, so we will share them back and forth. Um, yeah, why don't we um, why don't we start with your story? Okay, shit sounds good. Uh, so my story is actually about um, Bottle Rock. Um, I don't know uh, when we did the last episode. I don't think the uh, uh, lineup had been announced, had it? Do Do you remember? I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, so I mean, the since then the lineup was announced. The um, tickets for the three-day tickets went on sale, and uh, and sold out within uh, about two hours. So, um, so the uh, Bottle Rock has announced the the lineup for uh, for this year's festival, and um, I'm gonna let you know kind of a couple of the bands that are playing. So Friday, the 20, May twenty-fifth. Uh, is headlined by Muse, Chainsmokers, Incubus, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Phantogram. Um, then there's the 26th, which is Saturday. Killers are headlining with Snoop Dogg, Billy Idol, Bleachers, Michael Fronte, and Spearhead. Uh, and then Sunday is Bruno Mars and a bunch of other bands that, um, 
you know, are, are less significant. So, um, so I don't know if we'll be covering Bottle Rock this year. I mean, we might try and get some phoners with some of the bands that are playing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence about that. Um, partially because uh, I bought a ticket for the last go around, um, but something popped up and I couldn't go and I had to sell my ticket and it was almost, it had, uh, the value of the ticket had decreased so significantly. I don't remember how much. You know, it's like, like 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like 45% or 50%, which was really surprising. I didn't expect that at all. So if I do go this year, it'll be to see the killers and Billy Idol. Really? Which I'm assuming that's the one you'd want to go to. That's the one I'd want to go to. Totally. Okay. I go there. That's a Saturday, right? Yeah, it's a Saturday one. A Saturday, and then, um, but I wouldn't. You know, I would buy like a last minute ticket and yeah. see if I could get it for fifty percent off. Yeah. See, for me, Bleachers is the only band that I'd really care to see on on Saturday. The others, I mean, I, I can take or leave, but I'm not super. They're not high on my list of super crazy ones that I'd, I'd want to see. So, and then. And then Sunday, Magic is when Magic Giant's playing, and and again, a lot of artists that I don't really care about. So, if Magic Giant and Bleachers were playing on the same day, I would likely go to that day, in, unless it was unless it was the Killers. They're just not high on my list of he- headliners. Well, maybe you can like, um, you know. Maybe they, maybe you know, the the bands that you care about the most will stick around uh, for Monday, and they can like have a special show just for you. Maybe they will. Maybe yeah. they will. You never know. That stuff happens sometimes. But, yeah. But I don't know. I'm gonna have to miss Bleachers, unfortunately. I think so. We'll see. We'll see as that time comes. That's the. Those are the big bands for uh, for this year's Bottle Rock. All right. Okay. Um, well. Um, so there was a podcast not too long ago where we talked about, you know, what a bummer it is that we have to, you know, talk about, uh, some, you know, some bands, uh, that have, you know, touched our lives at some point. Um, and then, you know, report that one of the band members, uh, has passed away. So we are at that again and it is so sad, but we lost Dolores, uh, from the Cranberries and she was young, Steve. She was 46 when she passed away. Yeah, that is, uh, that is really young. Yeah. Just to give that some perspective. Um, I was talking earlier in the show, um, about the bathtub and bubble bath story, right? Yes. (laughs) So that was for my wife's birthday. So my wife had just turned, 47. So, and this story I think came out the day after or the two days after her birthday or something. Yeah. And it just kind of put things in perspective. It was like, Oh my gosh, you know, she's this, almost the same age. Yeah. And, um, and then I thought about, you know, well, gosh, how long have I known the cranberries? I've, they were a big band for me in college. Right. Like right. People loved the cranberries. Um, what, what was the song in college? And, uh, Oh, uh, there were so many, um, I mean, you've got Linger and you've got Zombie, right? But there we go. Do, do, do. Don't sing like I do, please. Yeah. Skip forward. Uh, Dolores, we miss you. Yeah, so that's so sad. So Dolores, um, did it say how she went? Like, no, it really doesn't. So I'm looking through this article. Um, let's see. There was just a you know real brief statement from her publicist, um, where it said Irish and international singer Dolores. Yeah. Um, has died suddenly in London today. She was 46 years old. The lead singer with the Irish band The Cranberries was in London for a short recording session. Wow. Uh, yeah, there's no information at all um, about you know what what happened. Um, you know, there's no explanation for her passing. So maybe there'll be you know more news uh, 
in the future. But at the moment, there's just uh, nothing. You know, everyone's focused on, um, you know, coping with it, and um, it's a real hard time, obviously, for the for the family, and they, you know, wish to have their privacy respected. So um, we'll know when we know. Uh, but she was she she had a unique sound, you know, and she brought a unique energy. Um, and I just remember, you know, back when the Cranberries were brand new, they were a huge hit. Um, yeah, yeah, they were they were one of your jams, huh? Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were one of my jams. Yeah. All right. Well, we shall miss you guys. We actually listened to the Cranberries all the way home that day. Yeah. You so did? We just, yeah, we were like... Oh, you're just like bawling your eyes out or we something? Like, like, Alexa, shuffle Cranberries. And then, yeah, for two, three hours all the way home, we just yeah, listened to their stuff. Wow. They, she, that had been a pretty big band in my, my wife's life, too. So we were both really? able to, to kind of relate to that. Yeah. You don't expect them to go, go that young. So Yeah. Um, speaking of, uh, well... This isn't someone who went yet too young necessarily. I mean, not, uh, but this is someone who went uh, last year. And so Motorhead stars are reuniting for Lemmy tribute shows. Uh, Motorhead guitarist Phil Campbell has revealed that he and drummer uh, Mickey D plan to regroup with a lineup of special guests to perform a series of tribute concerts in honor of uh, the band's late founder, Lemmy. Uh, it's on the cars, just going to be a few select shows. They're not going to be touring with it. Uh, he says, uh, going to get these people involved and have to allow for schedules and, and everything. So just, uh, some special shows worldwide, a tribute to Lemmy and, uh, and to the band. Um, not an ongoing thing. Everybody's too busy for that. So Lemmy, oh, it was actually December, 2015 that, uh, that Lemmy died. It's been a couple of years now. Wow. It yeah. Felt, it felt pretty recent. Yeah, it did. Yeah. So. Yeah, it did. That's, that's what's weird. You know, sometimes you've got to measure time by certain things and then you realize oh, oh my gosh that happened that long ago right so if you um, want to see that um keep an eye out for you know where where they might be playing so Jens, what do you got for us let's see here well it's not that unusual that we'll talk about guns and roses on the show okay those in the know will know that um we are all expecting a new album from them. Um, it has been delayed for quite some time. However, 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 uh, a guitarist wants us all to know that it is an absolute masterpiece. Oh, good. Okay. I, I added the absolute part, but a masterpiece. A oh. uh, masterpiece says guitarist. All right. So this is the story. All right, so while the Guns N' Roses reunion tour continues to span continents and sell tickets by the truckload. Truckloads. Truckload. It's worth remembering some of the musicians who held down the fort um, in the band through the years that founder members Slash and Duff McKagan Mm -hmm. weren't there. All right, so Ron Bumblefoot. Oh, that's a name, yep. Tal, I'm sorry, Ron Bumblefoot Tal is one such musician. The guitarist was part of Axl Rose-led Guns N' Roses for eight years, from 2006 to 2014, and played on the now infamous Chinese Democracy album. Right. Yeah. Uh, Speaking a recent radio interview that described the last Guns N' Roses album as a masterpiece and that if you can really break down everything that's going on in that record, there is so much. It's such a fragile balance of so many parts that work just right. Interesting. Amazing. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, When asked what the greatest virtue for a rock guitarist is, Tal had uh, a pretty simple answer. Being able to play the guitar. How did you know that? Right. Similar. Uh, Being on time. Mm. That's a tough one. The greatest value of any guitarist, um, I would say, is really just to put their ability to play well with others in a band and be part of something where there's more 
or there's a machine that's bigger than any of us. When he's saying like time, does he yeah. mean like you have to be in time when you're playing? Oh, that's a good question. Or just don't be late. Like don't show up hours late. The, you know, that's a good question. Maybe maybe it's a double entendre. Like he means both. Maybe I should email them. You and, go for it. Ask for, yeah. clarif- and ask ask for a, clarification. Ask them to do a follow-up. I'd like an amendment on this article or a possible yes. follow-up. Yes. Because I, I just need to know what you mean about being in, being on time. Questions unanswered. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You do that. I would be both late and out of time. That would. That would yeah. Yep. All right. You're up. Okay. Got another story. Uh, that was your last story, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to tie in there, and I got a story about Slash. Uh, of course, like we mentioned before, uh, Slash uh, is the guitarist for Guns N' Roses. Uh, they uh, put, they had the hits like uh, he did the intro to Sweet Child of Mine or the riff to Paradise City. Uh, every guitarist is going to be you know blown away in that by that, right? It's memorable. Um, and so, uh, as it turns out, for all those reasons, the Slash's son, London Hudson, doesn't play the guitar at all. Uh, so he's 15 years old, uh, and he drums in the the Classless Act. Uh, I guess that's a, a band. Uh, and along with his bandmate Nico uh, Sangaris, they they gave their first interview. He was asked uh, when he realized uh, realizes how famous his dad was, and in the process, he revealed that he why he chose kind of drums over guitar. Uh, he said, "Since I was little, especially with the Velvet Revolver stuff, because that was the most I toured with him." Uh, you know, uh, he said seeing that many people at shows was kind of crazy, and how they all worshipped. Uh, then going on that last Guns N' Roses tour and seeing all the people who still like him for the older stuff—it's really why it clicked. Going on that tour, uh, didn't hit him in the middle of summer. He's like, I—I uh, I don't want to live in his shadow. When I started playing in the band, that's the main reason I don't want—don't uh, play guitar or stringed instruments. Wow, that's got to be really tough. For, yeah, <laughs> this kid should just get another identity or something. I mean, his yeah, <laughs> and go under a different name. You know, like a how how you know, writer authors have stage names or whatever they're called. Right, pen yeah, good. pen names. I was going to say pen names, but no. Is it, what is it? I don't know. I don't know. Fake name. Fake name. Yeah, I'll yeah. go with that. That's uh that's my last story for this episode of Concert Pipeline, Jens. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, being some famous person's kid and you grow up going to all these shows? Right. Like, Getting what a different... Pers- no, no, yeah, yeah, what a different perspective that would uh, be. I've, yeah, well, sometimes I have thought about, like, uh, Andrew McMahon's son, mm-hmm. uh, he, Cecilia, right? She And he has that song, Cecilia, which, you know, exploded his career uh, with his current band and, uh, and is on the radio all the time. Right. And she's grown up now and that's a part of her life. Yeah. Right. It's, and she, so has she a takes song, it for granted. There's a song for her, you know, for her. It's mm. just on the radio. Right. How just awesome da- is that? Just daddy on the radio. And it's in a movie. It, I mean, how cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, and it's about her. Like that's, that's going to be there. Right? I know. I wonder, you know, I wonder if she is kind of awkward with her friends. Like, like she, you know, kind of thinks that this is normal, uh-huh. you know, and asks questions uh, like everybody's dad writes a hit song. Yeah, he's like, what, what, you. what, 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 you know, what song did your dad write about you? You know, thinking that's kind of a normal question and yeah. not weird. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Wow, that's got to be totally trippy. Pretty surreal, huh? But yeah, interesting times. Uh, good episode of Concert Pipeline, Yen. It was, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, Steve. Which episode is this? This is episode 165, I believe. 165. Yes. Okay. One closer to the big 200. <laughs> Which apparently is coming before the end of the year, you say. It will. Uh, I feel good about it. But we're uh, going to have to crank out some serious yeah. time. Y- yes. We'll, time or time? Out of time? In time? Timeless? Time after time. Time after time. Yes. All right. <laughs> Uh, we're going to wind things out here uh, on the episode. Thank you for listening today. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes and uh, Stitcher as well. Uh, leave positive, positive feedback. That'd be great. Um, we're going to play us out here with one more song from White Reaper. This is their single off their new album, J- Judy French. Here it is. <laughs>